Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 2. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Well, then in verse 10, we just read it. When the time of nursing was ended and the boy was returned to live in the palace full time, Pharaoh's daughter, did you notice this? She named him Moshe or Moses, which means what, saints? Drawn out. That's what it means. And we don't know his name. You know, we don't know. We don't know what his mom and his dad named him. The Pharaoh's daughter named him. We don't know what his mom and dad named him. I mean, when we get to heaven, we'll we'll ask him. You know, what did your mom and dad name you? Yentl. It's like, oh, oh, okay. Good name as any. We don't know what his mom and dad named him. We know that Pharaoh's daughter named him Moses. Why? Because he was drawn out of the water. And I wonder, did she, I know she didn't, realize that his name was prophetic of his destiny. He would draw his people out from the slavery in Egypt. And she didn't know that. Now listen at this. God is a God of irony, isn't he? Isn't God a God of irony? Listen to this. Pharaoh thought the Hebrew males were his enemies, but it was females who preserved his life. The midwives, Jochebed, Miriam, and his own daughter. The Nile River was supposed to be Moses' place of death, but it became his place of deliverance. Moses was drawn out of the river that he might draw out the people of Israel from Egypt. God is a God of irony. Here's a Dr. I.M. Haldeman, and he wrote this. The life of Moses, listen, the life of Moses presents a series of striking antithesis. He was a child of a slave and the son of a queen. He was born in a hut and lived in a palace. He inherited poverty and enjoyed unlimited wealth. He was the leader of armies and the keeper of flocks. He was the mightiest of warriors and the meekest of men. He was educated in the court and dwelt in the desert. He had the wisdom of Egypt and the faith of a child. He was fitted for the city, but wandered in the wilderness. He was tempted with the pleasures of sin, but endured the hardships of virtue. He was backward in speech, but talked with God. He had the rod of a shepherd and the power of the infinite. He was a fugitive from Pharaoh and an ambassador from heaven. He was the giver of the law and the forerunner of grace. He died alone on Mount Moab and appeared to Christ in Judea. No man assisted at his funeral, yet God buried him. Isn't that interesting? Look at verse 11, if you will. Now it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren and looked at their burdens 
and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And so he looked this way and that way. And when he saw no one, he's a sneaky little rascal, isn't he? When he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two Hebrew men were fighting. And he said to the one who did the wrong, why are you striking your companion? And then he said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. And when Pharaoh heard of this matter, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Notice it came to pass in verse 11 when he was grown. So verse 11, if you're taking notes, it takes us to a time when Moses was about 40 years old. We fast forward to when Moses was 40 years old. At the age of 40, Moses had some sense of connection with Israel and not with Egypt. Now, how do you know that, Rodney? Well, it's in Acts chapter 7, verse 22 through 25. Do I have that verse? Good. Look at verse 20, 22 through 25. That's right. Moses was learned, it reads, in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Now, when he was how old, saints? 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brother would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. They didn't understand. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, you'll look that up in your own time, but he refused, it says, that he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, I don't want you to miss this because this is very, very important. I don't want you to miss this. Notice it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out. Did you see that? Circle that and highlight it in your Bible. Notice it doesn't say he was sent out. It says he went out. He went out to see the situation because he has a sense of connection with Israel. He has a sense that, there, that, 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 that it is greater riches to suffer reproach with Israel than to enjoy the treasures of Egypt. He has a sense that he would rather suffer than have the pleasures of sin for a season. You see, Moses went out. He wasn't sent out. He went out in the power of the flesh. He went out in the wisdom of Egypt, but not in the wisdom of God. You see, he is the deliverer, but God's got to teach him some things first. He's not ready to deliver anyone until we can change from Moses went to Moses was sent. See, he's not ready. And he thought he was a deliverer and he tries to make himself the deliverer in the way, watch this, that made sense to him. And that's why he killed that Egyptian. His plan was to kill one Egyptian at a time. One down, five million to go. He's doing it in his flesh. And listen, when Moses is sent, he will go different than he thought. 
God says my ways are, y'all listening? God says my ways are not, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts, says the Lord. You see, when God sends Moses, you know the story because you know your Bible. When God sends Moses, God says, my way is Aaron, Moses, you will go to the Pharaoh with a stick in your hand and you will say to Pharaoh, let my people go. And I'm sure that Moses and Aaron is probably thinking, God, you got to be kidding me. You mean I'm going to go with a stick in my hand? God, can I go with like a 50 cal? Can I go with even a rock? I mean, I'm going to go with it. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to stand before the Pharaoh and I'm going to stand there with my stick and I'm a deliverer. And I'm going to stand there with my stick and say, God says, let my people go. Or else. And the Pharaoh's probably going to go, what are you going to do? Beat me with a stick? Ooh, you know. Ooh, I'm scared. I'm scared. I mean, what is he going to do? But you got to understand something. See, God's ways are not our ways. Moses is thinking, I'll go and deliver the people. And I'll do it my way. Kill them one at a time. God says, no, you will go deliver the people when, number one, I send you. And when I send you, you will go different than the way you would have ever thunk it. Because God does things different than we think things ought to be done. Who would think to go to the Pharaoh with a stick in your hand? But God says, you know what? I'm going to do a great work. And you know why God, you know why I believe God put a stick in his hand? Because he wanted him to know Moses, Aaron, the deliverance of God's people is not going to be by your might and by your power, and by your strength. But Moses, Aaron, learned something that Zechariah learned. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God says, I'm going to do this thing, and all you're going to be able to do is stand back and go, I cannot believe God's people were delivered with a stick. I can't believe it. And see, God didn't, God didn't need their help. Really, God didn't need, need their help. And God did deliver his people. Really think about this, without their help. Because remember when they got to the Red Sea, God delivered the people. God set them free. They, the, the Egyptian army followed into the Red Sea, and it was God who drowned them all in the Red Sea. And they stood on the other side and just watched it happen. God is still the one in control. God is still the one doing the work. Interesting. Moses went. God said, Mo, I want you to wait until you're sent. And so Moses goes out. He sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. So he looked this way and that way. I like the detail of the Bible. Don't you love that? He looked this way. He looked that way. The coast is clear. And he killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. The next day, two men were fighting. And Moses said, why are you hitting your brother? And he said, who made you a prince and a judge over us? Are you going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian? And Moses is like, oh, man, I'm busted. I didn't think anybody saw me. So when Pharaoh heard about it, he sought to kill Moses. And now Moses is on the run and he runs to Midian and he sits down by the well. Look at verse 16. Saints, you're still with me? Say amen. amen. Now the priests of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and they drew water and they filled the troughs to water their father's flock. 
And then the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they came to Ruel, that's the father's name, their father, he said, how is it that you have come so soon today, girls? And they said, well, dad, an Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds. And he also drew enough water for us and watered the flocks. And so he said to his daughters, and where is he? And why is it that you have left this man? Call him that he may eat bread. And then Moses was content to live with the man. Isn't that interestingly tucked away? Moses was content, probably discouraged, probably thinking, you know what? This deliverer thing is not working out. And, you know, I'm just going to be content to live and shepherd sheep. And that's all I'm going to do for God. That's it. Okay. Little does he know that Moses was content to live. Isn't that kind of tucked away in there? You'd miss it if you go too quick. Moses was content to live with the man. And he gave Zipporah, his daughter, to Moses. And she bore him a son in verse 22 and called his name Gershom. For he said... I have been a stranger in a foreign land. Stop right there. Give me your attention. The priest of Midian had seven daughters. We'll learn his name is, well, we've learned his name is Ruel. His name is also Jethro. And he ends up Moses' father-in-law. He, Ruel, Jethro, is the son of Abraham's second wife. We learn that from the book of Genesis. He is a Shemite. And the same bloodline is Abraham. And because of that, he has some relationship with with God. He is monotheistic. So Moses comes into the area of Midian. He lies down by the well, possibly sleeping. He wakes up. He sees seven daughters drawing water. And some shepherds who are kind of meanies, they kind of chase them away. Moses stood up and drove them away. And the girls, they probably looked at Moses and like, ooh, he just a hunk. He drove them all away. And, you know, when you look at the Bible, you look at the scriptures, it's very interesting because the well, the well, the water well, the well, seems to be a good place to meet single people. (laughs) Now, all the single people don't run out and go find a well right now, okay? Just hold tight. But, but it is true. I mean, look in the scriptures. Eleazar found Rebekah where? At the well. You know, maybe that's why Jethro told his daughters every day, go to the well, go to the well, go to the well. So Moses is about, get this. Remember, guys, we talked about this on Sunday morning. Remember we talked about that, that, that God, you'll often have to earn a degree, and, and it's called a doctorate in the desert. Remember, were you here for that teaching? Were you here for that teaching? Good. Because here we see that. Notice while in Egypt, Moses was learned in the schools of Egypt. You know that. And he took many electives while he was there. Moses was incredibly bright. He was uh, uh, incredibly learned. He took many electives while he was in the schools of Egypt, archery, chariot racing, uh, uh, architecture, mysticism, many electives. But listen, If you're going to serve God, and listen to me closely, saints, if you're going to serve God, then you have to go through the school of God. And it's in the school of God that there are mandatory courses. 
And you don't get to choose them. It's in God's school you find yourself in the middle of them. It's in God's school that you learn to be alone with God in the desert. And note this, God removed everything from Moses except one thing. You know what that is? Himself. God removed everything except himself. And it's the same course that many, many have taken as you study the scriptures. We talked about this. David was driven into the desert and into the caves and he would sit alone. And he would write that one beautiful verse. Says that one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And David would write that as he would sit alone with God. The same place that John the Baptist would be in the desert. You remember the desert in the wilderness for John the Baptist and Paul the Apostle. We've talked about that. He was taken in the desert of Arabia for many years. And then John the Apostle, he too was taken into the desert. It was called the island of Patmos where he was banished and alone. And he receives the greatest revelation of his life and the greatest revelation ever recorded. You see, it's in those times. Remember, isolation brings what saints? Revelation. Isolation brings what saints? Revelation. Isolation brings what saints? Revelation. Don't forget it. Because sometimes we feel isolated, don't we? Sometimes we feel alone. Sometimes we feel separate from God and from people. And sometimes that's God working in you. See, God will sometimes allow you to go through the desert, but, but you can be sure that he's there. And, and, and he's there to teach you. And you might feel alone from people and alone from church and alone from ministry and all of these kinds of things. But God is trying to teach you something. And you're going to the school of God. And you got to get that doctorate of the desert. You got to get it. If you want to be used by God, you got to get the proper education. And don't misunderstand. It's not punishment. The desert's not punishment. It's training. Amen, saints? It's training. And here's the good news. There's always a well in the desert. There's always a well in the desert. Well to drink from, wells to drink from, and, and for provision. So God will be with you. So Moses is at the well in Midian in the desert. He meets the seven girls. They go home. They say, Dad, how is it that, and Dad says, how is it that you, you got done so fast? And they say, well, an Egyptian helped us, delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds, and, and then he helped us water our flocks. And, and he said to his daughters, he said, then where is he? And, and why did you let him get away? <laughs> Jethro, Jethro's probably thinking, listen, I've been sending you guys to that well every day, and you finally meet a man and you let him go? I mean, you missed your chance, man. He says, go find him, bring him home, and maybe I can get one of y'all married. And Jethro gave Zipporah to marry Moses. And we'll see whether that was a good thing or not. Very interesting. You know, here's something interesting for you, for you Bible students and typology students. Moses, did you know, is a type of Christ. Moses is a type of Christ. See, Moses and Jesus were favored by God from birth. Moses and Jesus miraculously preserved were preserved in childhood. Moses and Jesus were mighty in words and deeds. Moses and Jesus was rejected as the deliverer at their first coming. 
Moses and Jesus took a Gentile bride. And just like Jesus, Moses couldn't deliver his people when he lived in the palace in glory. He had to come down off the throne, away from the palace and into a humble place. The bride, Zipporah, separates, watch this, from Moses and won't see her again until after the judgments come upon Egypt. The picture, the rapture, the church, we will be separate until after. You won't see us again. After the rapture of the church, you won't see us again until after the judgments come upon the earth. Moses is a beautiful, might I add, type of Christ. Did you know? Amen, saints. And we're going to be raptured someday. And I don't know about you guys, but I can't wait. Any day now. Unless they're always saying Rodney is coming soon. Yeah. Well, that means it's sooner than yesterday. <laughs> Amen. It's soon. Amen. Look at verse 23 as we wrap it up. Now it happened in verse 23. Y'all there? In verse 23. It happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. And then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage and they cried out and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. And God heard their groanings and God remembered, underlined that his covenant with Abraham, Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. Notice between verse 22, saints, and verse 23, there's approximately... 40 years, 40 years. That's the process of time. And Moses has been keeping the flocks of his father-in-law. The king of Egypt is dead. The children of Israel are crying out to God because there is a taskmaster in their life. They groan because of the bondage and they cried out to God and God heard him and God remembered. Now, listen closely. When the Bible says that God remembered, it doesn't mean that God forgot. Amen. God doesn't forget. So he doesn't need to remember. God knows everything. So he can't forget and he can't remember. Now, listen, God chooses not to remember. And I like that because he chooses not to remember Rodney's sin. Say amen, saints. I mean, say amen for yourself, not for me. (laughs) The Bible says that God cast our sin in the sea of forgetfulness, never to remember them anymore. So when the Bible says that God doesn't remember our sin. I'm happy about that. I'm thrilled about that. When the Bible says in in, in your verse here, look at uh, verse uh, 24 again. When it says that God remembered, it means that it's kind of a, it's kind of a human way to say that God began to put into process that which he said he would do. When the Bible says God remembered, it means that God In a human way, he begins to put into process that which he said he would do. In other words, God now begins to move on the covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He begins now. He remembers his covenant. Not that he forgot, but now he begins 
to put into process that which he said that he would do. So God remembers. It's very interesting. Moses' life, Moses' life can be divided into three 40-year periods. Very interesting. The first 40 years in Egypt, Moses spends becoming a well-trained, well-thought-of, well-liked Egyptian. The first 40 years. And then the next 40 years, Moses spends in the desert becoming broken, being broken, and learning how to trust God, which is followed by the last 40 years where Moses is going to become a man that God can use. Isn't it interesting? 120 years, Moses' life is broken up into three 40-year segments. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.